2: Bentley covers to McGinnis down of stronger over the Colorado line. On the left wing to Campbell on the back end of Brooklyn. He shoots, he scores! Oh, what a great play! Oh, baby Chris Bro. Ah, the voice of Ken Wilson calling a Chris Pronger goal. My childhood is just right back for me. Welcome everyone back into BK and Ferrario alongside BK and Tanner Hendricks. And I'm Alex Ferrario. As the night is finally here, the number 44 heads to the rafters. Chris Pronger being retired as a St. Louis Blue, the Hockey Hall of Famer who played over a thousand games in the NHL. And we thought, who better to talk about Chris Pronger's career than his former teammate? Played three seasons with him here in St. Louis. He is Jamie McClellan. Jamie, it is great to catch up with you today, buddy. How are you?
0: Not too bad. How are you doing today? Doing
2: fantastic. So when you hear the the, the words "Chris Pronger's number forty four retired in St. Louis," what comes to mind?
0: Uh, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so I'm having fun with it. But I, I mean, uh, it doesn't shock me one bit. Uh, you know, having playing with Chris and being so close to him as a friend, and then you know just watching his greatness night in and night out and his impact on a team and an organization and even the national hockey league it uh uh it's great it it's there's nothing negative about the situation at all i think it uh um, you know current and former players will will welcome it because uh you know he is arguably one of the best defensemen who ever played the game so it's uh it's very exciting um it'll be uh you know with a lot of pride kind of being a part of it. You feel like you contributed in a small layer somehow as a teammate, but uh, uh, this is, this would be a great night for the blues organization and certainly for the Pronger family.
1: I think when a lot of blues fans think back to the Chris Pronger career, the the moment, the season that they think about is the 99, 2000 year in which he finished the season plus 52 on the <laughs> year, spent more than 30 minutes on average on the ice, won the heart, won the Norris. When you think back to that season, Jamie, what stood out to you about the way that he played and the man possessed that he was
0: uh, complete dominance night in and night out. And that's the scary part. Uh, you know, we all know the the mean streak that Chris had as a player and wasn't shy to, to use his stick and, and, and to be aggressive, but you know, he was the best first pass in the league as far as executing and getting out of the zone. Uh, he played, you know, with a, such a high compete level, he dragged everyone else into the fight that night and he held himself to a standard, but he also held his teammates to a standard. So that year I do remember, you know, vividly, we had such a great regular season. Obviously it didn't finish the way we wanted to in the playoffs, but we had a great team. Uh, Chris was a uh, a fantastic leader. We had a great leadership group as well with guys like Al McInnes and Pierre Turgeon and Brett Hall and Pavel Dimitra you know, deep with talent and, and skill and and uh, a little bit of bite uh, you know, with guys like Twister and Chaser and Rudy Poshak. So there was, you know, there was a little mix of everything, but Chris was the leader and certainly the guy who dragged into the war every night. Jamie, from a
2: goaltender's perspective, I know it was a different era of hockey then compared to now because, of course, the guys were in front of the net, and, I mean, it was ruthless. But what was that like from a goalie's perspective to have a Chris Pronger, not just for how he played on the defensive side, but the aggressiveness he always used in front of his own crease?
0: Well, everything was defined. So it was very cut and dry. He, you know, he would lay it out. uh, You know, you take the short side. I'll take this way. Um, I'm going to, you know... Box out, which is cross-checking people in front of the net to clear a lane. You know, he, you, you knew exactly how he wanted to play. Same thing with Al McInnes. They, the, the way they wanted to defend, the the way they wanted to push the puck up the wall, and how we defended as a team. So there were things that, uh, you know, it was. I wouldn't say it was easy as a goaltender because you know, the, you guys watched me play. Nothing was easy. But at the end of the day, it, it made it easier having defined roles and you just lived up to what you were expected that night. And, and certainly Chris, again, from a defensive standpoint, you know, whether it was Todd Reardon and and or Chris McAlpine, those guys knew exactly how to play with Chris because he wanted it done a certain way. And we were able to execute it for the most part every night. And so it made a goaltender's job a lot easy. I just had to worry about maybe fronting a shot and he would have the rebound and he would clear a lane and then, We'd get out of the zone. It was, uh, it was pretty cut and dry back then, the way he played.
1: Jamie, I was thinking about this earlier today, and I don't know if this is a question about prongs or about the way that the game is played now, but the physicality that he brought to the game, I, I don't know that we see that as much in today's game. It's more speed-centric than it was then. Do you think he would be able to play that way now? And if not, was he just like the perfect player in the perfect era for his skill set?
0: The one thing I always noticed about Chris is he was able to adapt to his environment. So whether it was playing in the Olympics on a bigger ice surface, whether it was being physical and using his body or a stick, or just skating and using his mind and outthinking the opponent and knowing exactly where to be on the ice. I 100% believe that he could play in any area era because of his hockey IQ because he thought the game at a different level than anybody else. He saw what was going to happen. He saw plays develop. He, he knew how to put fear into the minds of opponents, whether it was through reputation or action. I mean, he was a guy who, who just adapted. And I always worried because um, even, for example, I think coming out of the lockout, they changed the rules and there was a lot you know, less stick play and they were calling penalties or, or, or you know, there was a lot more penalties in the game and they tried to speed up the game. Uh, Chris was still able to adapt. That's the scary part. So uh, I don't worry. You're right. In a perfect scenario, he did play in the perfect era where he could use his physicality, he could use his stick, and and things were a little bit different back then as far as defending the game. But I, I still believe he was a really good skater. He was a, you know, a long, lean guy who used his stick as far as directing people and poke checking and stuff and, and batting pucks out of the air. So I would have no... Um, uh, you know, hesitation saying that he could play in today's game because he would adapt his game to it.
2: So, so Jamie, I'm going to ask you, we're talking with former Blues goaltender Jamie McLennan, also on TSN Hockey Analyst and co-host of Overdrive. Uh, Jamie, I'm going to ask you to go back a little bit in your career, back to the 93-94 season, because if I'm not mistaken, the Islanders and the Hartford Whalers played in the same conference. Do you remember taking on a Chris Pronger in his first year as an NHL player?
0: I do. You know, it's funny. I remember Chris because, you know, back then he looks like such a kid. It was just like little baby face on this tall, (laughs) skinny body. (laughs) But you know what? You do remember him because um, there was a a reputation that came with him. This hot shot coming out of junior, he was, uh, you know, certainly could create points. He had a big shot from the back end. And as he got more comfortable at the national hockey league level, you could see just the confidence grow and him control the game from the back end. So I do remember him. Uh, it's not like I had a ton of starts back in the day, but uh, (laughs) you know, I do, I I do remember playing against him in Hartford and, and obviously, uh, getting, you know, to play with him in St. Louis and playing against him, you know, several years after, and we maintained a friendship off the ice on the ice was, you know, no holds barred knowing Chris, but, uh, it was uh, it was always neat to see the progression. If you look at, you know, there's a I don't I'm sure you guys have talked about this this crazy kind of I'll call it the pronger stat where he leaves St. Louis. They they had the longest run in playoff, uh, you know, making the playoffs. He, they missed the playoffs that that year. He goes to Anaheim, or he goes to Edmonton. They go to the finals. He leaves Edmonton. They missed the playoffs the next year. Goes to Anaheim. They win. Uh, he leaves Anaheim. They miss the playoffs the next year, goes to Philadelphia. They go to the finals um, and he leaves Philadelphia and uh, they missed the playoffs the next year. So it's kind of a, it, it, it's interesting to see how, how much of an impact he did have as a player on organizations, not just teams, but just uh, the success.
1: Jamie, the final question that I've got for you, you mentioned how it, he can be an intense person and player. Yeah. I, what yep. was it like being with Chris Pronger, even off of the ice, being a friend, being a teammate with him? I, I've got a lot of buddies that are pretty darn competitive as well. I don't think that they approach what Chris Pronger was as a competitor, <laughs> uh, whether that carried over into what you guys were doing off ice, What was it like? Give me a good Chris Pronger competitive fire story.
0: Uh, as recent as what, 12 hours ago when he yelled <laughs> at me at his house last night. <laughs>
2: that sounds about right.
0: No, I mean, honestly, uh, it, it's such a, you know, Chris, off the ice, is a pretty laid-back guy, and but very observant. Obviously, I, I mentioned the hockey IQ. Well, that just that's in life. Very smart person. So, um, always had a great perspective, whether we would talk any, you know, just world topics or any, you know, business, that type of stuff. He always had a, a unique uh, perspective. So, um, you know, there are stories on the plane where just he – he he was a very generous with his time and generous, obviously financially, and and uh, we would just uh, we would always have these little, you know, I guess bickering arguments as close friends, but it's uh, it was more just kind of having some fun and and kind of making fun of each other. So honestly, there's there's too many to tell, but all I can say is just he's a great person. Um, you know, the fans see. The, the intensity and, and the ferocious warrior that he was on the ice. But if you got to meet him off the ice and, and have a deep conversation with him, you realize he comes from a great family. Um, his wife, Lauren, has a great family. Like They've, they've established roots in St. Louis here. Um, it's just a, a positive situation all around. And it'd be very exciting and very emotional tonight, I'm sure, for him. And and his friends to, to watch his number go up to the rafters.
2: Yeah, that's well said, Jamie. I, I'd be remiss before we let you go. Of course, you're you're a hockey analyst on TSN. What have you made of this blue season so
0: far? I think they're a fantastic team. I, you know, Ryan O'Reilly is such a great player. Um, he's surrounded by some really good young kids, and, you know, Cairo and Thomas, uh, you know, Bennington's the real deal because he's been there and done that before he comes with some swagger. You know pareco their D are solid, they're mobile. Like I, I like this team a lot, the way they're constructed because they've got some bite to their game too. Even the, the compete level on on some of the players that may not be as physically um, you know big, but they 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 try and win loose puck battles. I'm really impressed with St. Louis, and obviously I'm a huge fan of Craig Berube. I fortunate enough to play with Craig and and get to know him per you know personally. So. You know, the, the way they're constructed, I would expect a deep run from them. That's just that's what I look at that team and I, I look at the skill set and look at what they have on that team and, and leadership and the, the leadership group and, and just uh, everything that comes with it honestly I, I if i'm a fan or even an analyst uh, like i am i'm expecting st louis to do some damage here in the playoffs
2: jamie if you don't mind one more question because you mentioned jordan bennington and sure. be interesting from a goaltender's perspective because bennington has gone through a little bit of a struggle these last couple of seasons from what you're yeah. seeing from bennington are there signs that concern you or is this just a regular season
0: it's a regular season and it's a weird regular season too you know I don't think you can get into a groove as a player, certainly as a goaltender. If you show up for practice and, okay, well, we've got some COVID positives, so we can't really get to what we need to do. Like it's a unique se- season on so many different levels. Um, so it is hard to get into a groove. Oh, and let's not forget they throw in the postponed games and, <laughs> you know, the schedule, schedule restructuring. I, I don't envy the players right now. And just what they have to go through on a daily basis, just to kind of, to get to the ice and to get uh, you know, into a normal routine. But, you know, I look at Jordan. I didn't think he played that well against the Leafs the other night. I expect a lot more. Um, I thought there was some motion in his game. Uh, he's so good in tight on, on post plays. Uh, I, I really like his glove hand. I think he's got a great glove hand. Obviously, I, I think he got beat three or four times in the glove the other night. So it's uncharacteristic of him. But, you uh, you know, he's a guy who's been there and done that. And and I don't think people um, focus on that enough. Somebody who's had the success, know how to call on it night in and night out. And he has the swagger. He's got to compete in the net. I'm not worried about Bennington, but, you know, what? I expect more from him on certain nights? Absolutely. Like I said, I didn't love his game the other night. I expect more from him. And especially when, you know, you get the team battles back and gives you a 5-4 lead. I was expecting him to, to kind of close the deal out and seal it and it just didn't happen but um you know again i think he's so capable of elite play we've seen it before it's just a matter of uh, of him getting into a groove and i have no doubt he will
2: great stuff jamie it's always great to catch up with you man enjoy the ceremony tonight at enterprise center and thank you so much for sharing these chris braunert stories with us today
0: absolutely thanks for having me
1: geico asks how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance of course you would